Good morning. Good morning. Harvest Church, how are you? Are you awake? Are you lively? Are you sure? Let's stand up. Father, this morning, it is a privilege and an honor to come into your holy presence. And we thank you, Lord God, for the corporate anointing that's increasing upon us. And Father, we invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to stir our hearts, prepare us for the days that are coming, great days on the earth. We live in the greatest time in the history of the church. And so, Father, we purpose to press in and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is alive. He is alive. Hallelujah. 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 He
not by power it is not by might you can only overcome by my spirit it is not your intellect it is not your education it is not your background it's not your lineage it is by my spirit says the Lord to overcome To walk in victory. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. You cannot earn it. You are not worthy of it, but I have given it to you. It is yours to receive. called you I have chosen you I created you for such a time as this come and walk in my spirit come fulfill what I created you for not less than, not just enough, not barely. I have made you sons and daughters of the Most High. I have empowered you. I have gifted you. I have filled you. For such a time as this, no matter the darkness, no matter the storm, no matter the obstacle, 
No matter the challenge, no matter the outlook, I am the Lord. I am with you. I am for you. Why don't you go ahead and be seated as we do one more song. Forever 
all blessing, honor, glory, and power is due your name. We worship you. We thank you. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. How many of you believe God is a God of signs, wonders, and miracles? Or you're about to see one because Nate's going to receive the offering in five minutes been given five minutes. Amen. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've never done this before, so huh. I'll just I'll just read it because Pastor Kathy was so kind to give me a little cheat sheet here. Uh, Tuesday at 6 p.m. we have Patriots United, so all Patriots who, you know, love this community, you should come to that. Uh, there's no Wednesday evening service this week, uh, Memorial Week, right? Just giving them the night off, right on. Uh, let's see here, Ladies Fun Night, Sunday, June 4th from 4 to 7, and the sign-up sheet is in the lobby. Also, the new devotionals are in. Get it, read it, it's good. Sorry, I like to be blunt. Kind of. Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I was asked to do offering. Well, my wife told me I had to because Pastor Kathy approached her and said that we both were going to be up here. And then now Amy's not here with me and I'm all alone and I'm scared. No, not really. <laughs> no, but uh, so for the last couple of weeks, I have read about I'm going to say 80% of the Bible trying to come up with scriptures frantically. And uh, I have about 100 pages of notes, and I was all excited. Yep, I got five minutes, down to four. So this morning I read to my wife the notes that I had. Nothing, absolutely nothing. It, there was, there was no, no anointing on it whatsoever, and I almost fell asleep. So, I was frantically freaking out, trying to, like, oh, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, God gave me something this morning, and I'm going to go to Malachi chapter 3. Imagine that. My favorite. All right. Let's see here. Verse 8. He says, Will a man rob God? 
yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there be, uh, may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. I found it interesting when I was reading this, that he says, we have robbed him in tithes and offerings, but he did not, however, say bring the tithes and offerings to the storehouse. That's only the tithe. The tithe belongs here. The offering, though this is a good ministry to sow in, this is good soil, the offering is the seed that we have to sow. The offering was never ours to begin with. It has always been God's. Now, I find it interesting that through this study of, of mine, I have discovered that the offering was established before the tithe. I didn't know that. I, I, well, I mean, it, if you look at it, it's kind of obvious. But the offering was established, Genesis chapter 3, with Adam and Eve. What happened? What is an offering? An offering is a sacrifice, which is also where when you see the woman who sowed the two mites, she gave all. That was not her tithe. Why? Because she gave it. You can't give something that doesn't belong to you. Right? So with that, that's why she gave more. And when you actually study that out, she gave more than everyone combined not just more than everyone but everyone combined why because they were giving out of their abundance but her and her poverty gave all that she had and that was hers so uh which is also interesting to think about because uh in the bible it talks about how uh in what is it uh psalm 50 god owns the cattle of a thousand hills everything belongs to him he's not going to tell you if he's hungry why because everything is already god's now when you sow your tithe it's not yours. You can't sow it because it's not yours. That is not your seed. But, like Brad said, Pastor Brad said last week, God is the only one of us who will reward us for bringing something back to him. I don't reward you for bringing my stuff back to me, but God does. So, when we bring that back, or wait, let's, let's change that. So God expects us to sow seed. That was established way before the tithe ever was established. So when we bring our offering, God, uh, what, what is the scripture here? I wrote it down. He said, oh, I'm, okay, I'm just going to change it. After the flood, Noah said, or well, God, God said in Genesis, Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I ever again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. I like to put a comma in between seed time and harvest. Why? Because we are required to allow the seed to grow. So it needs seed, time, and harvest. So I wrote this, that, uh, let's see here, the, the, every seed needs uh, three things to grow. The sun, 
which I find interesting that God named it the Son. But I, I, so I wrote this, that the Son is the spoken word. The, and then uh, uh, every seed also needs water, which is praise uh, and thanksgiving, which that is our faith. And then we need soil. So we need good soil to sow our seed into. I'm sorry, I kind of jumped around. My, my notes got scrambled, so if you didn't catch that. Uh, anyway, I said it is hard to plant anything without soil. Uh, we know that there are good types of soil and bad soil. Harvest Church is good soil. Apostle Mike is good soil. Jeff Rogers is good soil. There is uh, good soil around us, and if you need direction where to sow your seed, this man knows where good soil is. But I recommend Harvest Church is good soil. There is fruit being produced here, especially in the season that we are in, so it is a good good uh, soil to be sowing. And you know, one thing that I got to thinking about is with time, you need time for your seed to grow. Well, when you sow today, you'll reap tomorrow. But it's not going to be like a direct day tomorrow. You need time uh, and you need to water your seed continuously with uh, praise and thanksgiving, which equals faith, because without faith it is impossible to please God. Um, oh, there was so much... If you can't tell, I'm getting worked up. Okay, but there is there is one specific thing that I really wanted to say, and uh, that is somewhere here. Okay, I'll just I'll just say it. Uh, God, no, I was. I'm sorry. All right, the scripture says, uh, I've told you that if you love, or that you're, okay, where, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Okay, there, there we go. So where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I told Pastor Kathy this. God slapped me upside the face with this because it was my wife's birthday, and I failed miserably. And imagine that this was the night, because I, I didn't do very good on, on gifts and stuff, and she loves flowers, stuff like that, and I, I failed. Uh, I got her flowers, but it... it you know, I, I, I just I didn't do what I should have done as a husband. But he told me this that your treasure, or that if you can say, I love you all you want, but if your treasure don't go towards where you say you love, you're lying. That's good. So if I say I love God, but my treasure is not with God, are you being honest with yourself, or are you just you just giving mouth service? That's good, Nathan. So. Saying that I love God, you don't have to be finances too. That's that's the thing. You can, you can sow an offering like like a, uh, I think of I was thinking of Larry and Sandy Belts with this. What is more important to Larry and Sandy Belts right now versus what is more important to say Ben Shaner? Time. That's why I tell tell Amy. I told Amy because she asks why I put, when this was when we first met, uh, why do you put so much time into serving? Well, because I love God and I'm making a sacrifice of time so that when in due season during harvest, I reap time itself. Does that make, does that make sense? Now, like I said, I'm sorry this is kind of a jumbled mess, but I'm also not sorry because it, that, that is a good word right there. So I'm going to end it right there. <laughs> Recollect myself because I'm worked up. You know, I believe in, in these young men and women that God has given us. 
And she gave him an assignment to do a five-minute offering. Why can't the rest of you, when God gives you something to do, take it seriously and go the extra mile? Amen? Amen. See, he said all that, but when he got to the point about where your treasure is, that's where it was at. You got there. Amen. It's all right. Give him a hand. write this down Um, Kent Christmas has a short I think it was a Wednesday night and it was from April 5th if you want to write this down I'd like to have you watch it it's called Stand and Stay everyone say Stand and Stay so do that it's just a few minutes it's not very long but it's it's powerful it's very good it's where where my heart has always been amen amen Praise God. Well, Nate, you did fine. Don't be like me and you, you do a message and you go home and go to bed at night and you lay there and think, oh my God, I could have done better. Why did I say that? Why didn't I say this? Don't beat yourself up. The thing is, I like your assertive, your bold, and you stay that way. Amen? We're on a series. How many have ever been electrocuted? Well, you're still here. Must have not been that bad. Did you feel something? <laughs> yeah, you do when you get a little electricity flowing through you. Well, in the spirit realm, it's called the anointing. And don't be afraid of the anointing because it's not like being electrocuted. But you know the anointing, don't you, Pastor Mike? When the anointing is present, especially the corporate anointing, when we worship God, you, the, the atmosphere shifts. It changes. God shows up. And that happened in the Old Testament when they'd worship in the temple in Solomon's days and the priests could not stand because of the 
power of God. Amen. What do you suppose when Jesus spoke and, and the soldiers in the garden, what happened to them? They were laid out. See, that's the power of God. And see, not, there, are all, there are all kinds of flavors of churches and denominations, and that's really not, I don't believe, God's will. But God wants us to be one in these last days, and we're going to get there. But there are churches and there are denominations that recognize and acknowledge that God is a supernatural God of all power. And He will show up where the people are hungry, where the people are seeking first the kingdom, where the people are crying out for Him. And that is this kind of church. In the days ahead... I really believe we're going to see the anointing increase and you're going to see manifestations of the Spirit. And uh, I was so tickled the, the other night when I um, married uh, Josh and Amara and uh, she had said, she told me, she said, well, when we first started to come, you spoke in tongues. And I said, we're out of here. And I said, well, you know, the devil speaks in tongues, too. So you better know what's God and what isn't God. And we serve a God of truth and, and uh, the real deal. And uh, so I want you to know we're going to see things in the days ahead. I, I also want to, uh, and don't be concerned, I'm not going to go get through all my whole message. And if I get off on a rabbit trail and digress, it's, it's all right. Um, just pay attention. Um, there's a movie, was a movie out, it's gone now, it was here for I don't know how many days. It was called Nefarious, and very few people were in the theater when we went, and I asked Brad, or Brian, very few, probably 15. And uh, that first movie that was out, um, that was a good movie. I didn't like, I, I heard about Lockheed's, and I didn't go, because I'm not in agreement with some of that. This third movie, Nefarious, you all need to see it. And so what we're going to try to do, and I think Patriots is trying to get it so we can have it here. We'll show it here. If you, How many didn't see it? Okay, I called Caleb. I said, you've got to see it. Well, I know it didn't work out with their schedule and timing, but it's, it's good. So in the days ahead, we're going to see some things happen. We've been able to discern and know in our knowers what God, what's going on? How do we deal with that? Amen? Now, we're on the subject of the anointing, and I am going to take just a couple minutes to review. And this was our purpose when we started this series. It's to gain an understanding of the anointing. And the anointing is a person. He's the Holy Spirit. So don't ever forget that. To gain understanding of the anointing, the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. When God moves, there's power. He's a God of power. We're, so we want to gain understanding of the anointing, the person, presence, power of the Holy Spirit, and its purpose in the life of the believer. God has given His people the anointing of the Holy Spirit so they may be taught, led, and empowered by the Spirit to set the captives free. And there's a, How many of you know there's a lot of captives? <laughs> the other day, and they... <laughs> I always think anymore because I am a walking um, progressive commercial. How many of you know Miller? Do you know that commercial? 
Caleb makes fun of me all the time. All the time about being... And I don't care. I don't give a rat's rump. At least I'm... uh, What? At least I'm not TV dad. TV dad. Oh, okay. I thought you said TV dead. What was I talking about? Now I got off. Now it's gone. See, I'm a walking progressive commercial. God, I wanted to make this point. Ah, Has that ever happened to you? Oh, my gosh. Maybe I wasn't supposed to. Who knows? Our spiritual truth, there's a price to be paid to operate in the anointing of God, taking the time to develop. Say develop. The anointing within, and that's godly character, will determine how successful you and I are in flowing with the anointing in ministering to other people. So it all starts here. Developing godly character here. And granted, we're not all perfect. We're not. Jesus is the only one that's perfect. But we should be making progress. That's God's will for our life. So the anointing in the Hebrew means to pour or smear sacred oil on a person in a ceremony or dedication to symbolize divine empowerment to accomplish the task or office. In the Greek, it implies to anoint physically with oil, spiritually with the Holy Spirit, to rub, to bathe, to massage. Rick Renner said God does not lay His hands on a person and thereby endorse him or her until he's validated that that person is trustworthy of such an anointing. There are great men and women of God through the century that have had great, awesome anointings. But just only a a handful could keep that anointing and continue to flow in it. Smith Wigglesworth was one of them. You know, Oral Roberts was another one. But there are some, sad to say, that fell. And they lost their anointing. They lost their ministry. I don't want to lose my ministry. Amen? The depth of the anointing is directly related to an individual's submission to the Spirit in the personal development of both the gifts and the fruits. So... If you want a strong, deep anointing in your life that affects other people, then you're going to have to learn, and I'm going to have to learn, how to submit to the Spirit. See, people that will take that much time to do a five-minute offering will probably, probably end up walking in, a, in an anointing. And you won't get the big head because I won't let you. You have to go after it. You have to develop the character on the inside. Amen? Now, we talked about yoke. Yoke represents a burden, oppression, sickness, disease. And it's the anointing that what? Destroys the yoke. Okay? Then we said also, our physical heart and our spiritual heart can have a what? Blockage. There are some things in your life that can hinder the flow of the anointing of God. Stubbornness and rebellion. Say it. Unbelief. Sinful pleasures. See, any persistent sin 
will stop the flow of the anointing of God. Seven things the anointing will do for you. They will help you the anointing will help you see God's vision for your life. Number two, the anointing will open your ears to hear God's voice. The anointing will help you navigate through dry seasons. No one here has ever gone through a dry season. The anointing will bring longevity. The anointing will cause you to flourish where you are planted. I'd like to hear everyone say planted. Number six, the anointing will help you bear fruit in old age. Belts, you're in the old age part. You're still supposed to bear fruit. And then the anointing will produce purity in your life. And that purity will be revealed to the world. Amen? Now, um, we're going to go on and and, uh, I want to read to you today because this goes along with what I'm talking about. We're talking about the anointing. God develops the anointing within so we can flow with the anointing upon. See, I need fruit in my life. I need to develop godly character. Pat Harrison wrote this book years ago. I was Buddy Harrison's daughter, Learning the Ways of the Holy Spirit. She says there are two functions of the Holy Spirit. One is for the indwelling of the believer, and the other is for the outpouring. Many believers do not have an understanding that the the difference between what we have on the inside of us and what comes out of us. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is for our benefit as individuals. The Holy Spirit dwells in us to do something for us, to make us become what God intended us to be. That's good. Through developing into the fullness of the indwelling, we learn to operate as one with the Lord Jesus Christ. He will work in us His very nature through the nine fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. It is the indwelling Holy Spirit that brings the fruits of the Spirit to maturity in our recreated human spirits. Once we're established in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the fullness causes an overflow. Say overflow. Rivers of living water coming out that reaches out to others. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for the benefit of others to bring them into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We learn from Acts 1.8 that after the Holy Ghost comes upon us, we're endued with power from on high. This power is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit from us to bless others through the nine manifestations. Now listen, of the Spirit... The gifts of the Spirit as we call them. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Many people in the body of Christ have looked for the manifestations of the Spirit, the outpouring, to do the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. It does not work this way. The outward manifestations are not for that purpose. And the power of the Holy Spirit is short-circuited in the lives of those people, even though they do receive benefits from the manifestations. The work of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside us is to renew us continually. 
so that the power can come forth to manifest as the Spirit wills to bless others. She said, in this book, I concentrated more on the indwelling rather than the outpouring of the Spirit because there are so many of us who have not let the Spirit of God within do His work to cause us to be a godly people. It's why the church is flaky. Why that second movie I didn't go to. Flaky. The church should not be known as a flaky people. Weird people. They should respect the church. They should respect you and I. But it's not going to happen unless you and I develop godly character. It is the Holy Spirit working within us to do His work that brings forth the pureness, the righteousness, and the fruit to cause us to walk in godliness every day. In order for the Holy Spirit to pour out of us to bless others, we need to allow Him to mature us on the inside. Amen? Mature us on the inside. That's what we need. Now, I want to talk about, and we're not, we won't get too far into this, the, the holy anointing oil. I've got a book in my life. There's not going to be very many people. I would expect you to know this name. We'll see if you do. How many of you ever heard the name Lori Wilkie? No? Who? Who's heard the name? Did I see a hand? Nobody? Okay, well... I'm going to tell you, this book was written, I didn't bring it, um, early 90s. And her father was a minister. She, do you remember her? Oh, my God, I looked at the picture of her on the book and her hair. Back, back then they wore hair that was this big. Whew. And you know how you get books and, and you'll read it, nah, and then 20 years later you'll get it back out and you'll Whoa! Have you ever done that? Well, this was a book. And she wrote a book called The Costly Anointing. And I'm going to start today and I'm going to give you um, what she shares about there's, there's four basic ingredients when in the Old Testament they put together this anointing that they used to anoint the kings and the priests, prophets or whatever. And so she gives these ingredients one by one, but these ingredients, what they do, if you, if you look at it, there's some spiritual insight there because it, it, it applies to our, our, the insight of a man and a woman, developing their godly character. And it's really, really interesting. So the holy anointing oil was a mixture of spices used to represent the presence of the Holy Spirit. It consisted of four costly spices added to olive oil. Each spice represents a characteristic of the Spirit that must be developed in our hearts. Okay? The first one, in fact, if you want to turn there, this will probably be the only scripture I'll have you turn. In Exodus chapter 30, in verse 22. And in the, it's, the title is The Holy Anointing Oil. I want to read 
verse 22 of Exodus 30. It says, Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much (coughs) sweet-smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil, and you shall make from these a holy anointing oil and an an ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. Say holy anointing oil. The first one is myrrh. How many of you have ever heard the, the word myrrh before? I'll tell you. Myrrh is a resin or a gum that oozed from a myrrh tree. It had a bitter taste, say bitter, but produced a costly fragrance. The word myrrh literally means bitter and symbolizes, now listen, and symbolizes a heart that is submitted to the Lord and a life that exemplifies true discipleship. So we're going to take these spices and apply them to our lives. Myrrh was one of the three gifts that the wise man brought Jesus. You remember? After his birth. Each gift, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, represents the three offices Jesus walked in. Prophet, priest, and king. Myrrh refers to the office of a prophet. And therefore, is most bitter. Hebrews 5.8 states, Jesus learned obedience by the things which He suffered. Say suffered. Now, maybe I should quit now while everybody's smiling. In order for the anointing to be developed in you and I and flow out of us, We're going to have to deal with some bitter situations that can bring comfort, discomfort, and sorrow. In order for the anointing to flow out of us, we're going to have to deal with some bitter situations that can bring discomfort and sorrow. What's that mean, Pastor Mike? That means you're going to go through some things in life that aren't going to be easy. Might be a great struggle. Might cause, you know, discomfort. (laughs) Suffering. Oh, I want to be a minister of the gospel. I want to be a prophet. I want to be an evangelist, a pastor, an apostle. I want to be a teacher. Well, those are great aspirations, but you better be called. Because if God has called you to be a fivefold ministry gift, you're going to have some bitter situations. If God, you know, you're called as a child of God, you're going to go through some hard and difficult times. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's the truth. Let me read to you Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, this refers to the Lord Jesus, in which 
which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him. But what came before the exaltation? A few bitter experiences. Some suffering. Exalted him and given him the name above which is above every name. The Lord Jesus Christ went through a lot of suffering. And if you and I are going to serve him, we're going to we're going to suffer also. Now, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will only flow through those who have laid down their lives for Him. We're talking about the anointing, but it's not going to flow through people that are still concerned about S-E-L-F. It's not going to happen. Especially in these last days. In these last days, it's not about being... Well, if you look at the, the sign of the times, selfishness is one of the characteristics. But we must be selfless people. 2 Timothy 3, 2 says, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud. Say proud. What's the opposite of pride? Humility. See, if, if you and I are going to flow in the anointing of God, and I'm just going to do this one and then we're going to stop. If we're going to flow in the anointing of God, we can't be a prideful people. We have to be a humble people. I just read it to you how Jesus Christ humbled Himself. And listen, in these last days, if you can't humble yourself, God can. Let that sink in. If you know there's areas in your life of pride, you know there's areas in life you have not made the changes you need to make in order to move forward. It's pride. And God can, God's precious anointing can only flow through humble people. I looked up the word proud or pride in the dictionary, and it's a disdainful attitude toward others. A disdainful, it was a pharisaical sin. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, what were they always looking down upon the common man? A disdainful attitude toward others. A superiority of attitude where you think you're better. Nobody can do it as well as you can. Amen? You know, the Apostle Peter had some struggles, didn't he? At the end of John in chapter 21, you remember he denied Jesus? 
And I, I was reading that because I believe the Spirit of God prompted me this morning, and I turned to that Scripture, and, and Jesus is dealing one-on-one with the Apostle Peter. But Peter's reply was, what about this man? Referring to the Apostle John. What about him? Jesus basically said, you just take care of you. Pride must be conquered in our lives in order to humbly serve Him and allow the anointing of God to flow. There will be no spotlight. There will be little recognition for those who serve their Master behind the scenes. Remember Mother Teresa? How she served. I don't know, the lepers, or she really had a ministry to those that were outcasts of society. She's recognized today, but I'll tell you what, year after year after year, she served people like that. Humbly served them. With probably very little recognition. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Him. His name's Jesus Christ. And I believe God's raising up a people, a remnant, that aren't concerned about their ministry, their title, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Whoopie do da day. What about Jesus? What about just humbling yourself and serving your fellow man? Jesus said, well, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. This implies total commitment to serving him with all of our heart. We're talking about the spice myrrh. The anointing of the Spirit will only flow through those who empty themselves, lay down their lives 100% for Jesus. Granted, do you think everyone in this room has some work to do? Sure we do. We all do. But if you're not listening to what I'm saying and it's, it's bouncing off of you, you've got some issues that you need to deal with today. Amen. Wednesday night, if you weren't here, I ministered on the oil press. <laughs> Gethsemane was where Jesus prayed and sweat great drops of blood. He was in the oil press. The disciples were in the oil press. Jesus sold out 100% to the Father's will. The disciples turned tail and ran because of self. We're in the oil press, folks, right now. Everyone in this room. And we're going to find out what comes out. I want the anointing. And if 
I'll tell you what, what comes out will be good or bad. If it's bad, recognize it and deal with it and cry out to God. Amen. Well, let's stop there. We'll pick up next week. There's three more. Hopefully we can get through that. I, I, I'd gone a lot longer, but the offering was too long. And I didn't have time. Listen, if you, can't, if you don't have a sense of humor in these last days, folks, you're not going to make it. <laughs> I'm just one big joke, I'll call you. And one big, gosh, I wish I could remember what I was going to say. It was so good, too. I knew it was just then I got you sight. You do that to me all the time. Distract me. Let's stand up. If, if, when you leave today, what, what was just, what, what really did the Spirit of God minister? Help me out. I want some feedback because I, I release you all the time every week and I'm thinking, did they listen? Did they get anything? What would you get out of this today? Thank you, sir. That's enough. <laughs> I won't ask for any more. <laughs> Stay humble. Or what? <laughs> Or get humble. God can humble you. The preacher can humble you. I don't like to humble people. I'd rather God humble them or they deal with their own issues and make some changes. But if I have to, these are things I go to bed at night and have trouble going to sleep because I was I too hard? Should I have said that? You know, and I feel like God just says, shut up and go to sleep. You know, go to sleep. Trust me. Father, today we thank you that we learned a great truth. How pride is our enemy. And we need to be 100% committed and submitted to the Lord Jesus. That's what myrrh represents. And so this week, Lord, by your Spirit, Spirit of grace, Reveal to us areas in our life that we've not complied with you. And help us, Spirit of grace, make the necessary adjustments so we can go on and bear fruit and allow the anointing oil to flow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is there anyone here today you need prayer for your physical body? Your then I want to pray. Thank you. I remembered, Laura. Laura told me that her son, they're this fine, her son was bit by a cat, 25 years old, and it got run over, and he went out, I suppose, to find out and pick it up, and it bit him. He's in the hospital for a cat bite. Just ask Bron, uh, Brad and I what, I, what you think about cats. But that's a whole nother story. How many love cats? That's why I didn't want to tell you the story. (laughs) Amen. Come on up, Tom. This is fine. He can scoot up here. Dakota is his name.
Father, we pray for Dakota today in the name of Jesus. There's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. We send your healing word to Dakota. We bind that infection that's coursing through his body now in the name of Jesus. And we say the life of God, the anointing of God flow through him in Jesus' name. We bind up any infirmity or complications and we thank you for supernatural speedy recovery. We pray for Dakota's heart, Lord. If he does not know you, may his heart be softened to the gospel. May godly labors be thrust into his pathway. And Lord God, they need finances. I'm thanking you for your mercy and for blessing them financially that their bills are paid in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for healing anointing for Tom this day. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy to flow through his body. We command his body to come in line in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, your shoulder that I was kind of making fun of until I found out you'd been what? Why isn't Lonnie doing that? Because he's fishing. (laughs) Father, in the name of... Kathy, put your hand up in here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak to this shoulder. You said we could lay hands on the sick and then recover. So, Lord, we thank you for that healing anointing to flow in to that shoulder. Every tendon, muscle, ligament, joint be made whole in the name of Jesus. For healing is in Jesus' name. We thank you for it this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone here, know Jesus as your Lord. Lift your hands if Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being so attentive. Now, are you doing, who's doing the offering next weekend? Nate. Amen. Part two. We look forward to it. Don't, don't beat yourself up and spend all those hours. Just sit along, and God will tell you. That'll be it. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, folks. Have a blessed day. No Wednesday service. And sign up, ladies.